Part Three, Chapter Thirteen of Canada's One Hundred Days. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Canada's One Hundred Days by John Livesay, Part Three, Chapter Thirteen, Conclusion of the Battle of Cambrai. Although Cambrai had fallen, the battle itself is not officially regarded by the Canadian Corps as concluding until October 12, when we were five miles east of the city and the relief of the 2nd Canadian Division, our last division in the line, was effected. It will be well to describe these concluding days before turning to the new field of operations, opened up for the Corps north of the Sensi by the 1st Canadian Division. On October 10, the attack was continued with the 2nd Canadian Division on the right and the 11th British Division on the left. The front of the 2nd Division was changed to north of the Cambrai-Salzoir Road, and at midnight, October 9-10, the 4th Brigade advanced through the 5th Brigade with their right flank on this road. The 19th Battalion, Central Ontario, on the right, jumped off at 7 a.m. from the railway cutting in front of Esquidovna and captured the village of Naves at 7.45 a.m. At 8 a.m., the 18th Battalion, Western Ontario, jumped off on the left and attacked toward Ulwi. The 4th Brigade was in touch on the right with the left brigade of the 3rd Army just north of Rieu. At 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the 19th Battalion advanced another 1,000 yards and got two companies across the Erklund River. At 7 p.m. they advanced another 1,500 yards and took possession of the high ground, which was to be the assembly point for the attack on the following day. That night, a relief of the troops by the 48th British Division was ordered, and the 4th Brigade was to sideslip and attack on a narrow front along the roadway east of Ului. The 20th Battalion, Central Ontario, and 21st Battalion, Eastern Ontario, were ordered to make the attack on 8 a.m. of October 11, with the 18th Battalion in support. As it was impossible to relieve the 19th Battalion properly, the troops of the 48th Division were to pass through them, and they were then to go into reserve. Meantime, on October 10, the 6th Brigade had attacked on the left of the 4th Brigade, the 28th Battalion of Regina on the right capturing the village of Thun-Saint-Martin, in the face of very heavy opposition, especially in the northern end of the village, just south of Uwe, where the enemy had an immense munition dump, while on the Brigade left, the 29th Battalion of Vancouver stormed Thun-Yvec. Enemy defense had now hardened and it was apparent that the strongly held position of Ilwi could be taken only by a set battle. A narrow neck of water, an affluent of the Scheldt, lies in front of Ilwi, and surrounding it was a network of railway yards and sidings. Advantage of these obstacles had been taken to establish numerous machine-gun posts. The attack was made at 8 a.m. by the 49th Division on the right and the 2nd Canadian Division on the left. The latter with the 4th Brigade on its right and the 6th Brigade on its left. To deal with Ilwi first, a frontal attack was made by the 28th Battalion, 
while the 29th Battalion pushed forward on the left of the village. Very hard fighting ensued, but by noon the village was in our hands. It was the hardest piece of fighting the 28th ever did, said one of its officers. The place was full of machine guns, and it took us three or four hours to clean it up. It was all hand-to-hand -hand fighting, the Bosch being stout fellows. The battalion was broken up into small parties, fighting their way from house to house. One section, under Lieutenant White of Saskatoon, captured the crews of five machine guns itself. Altogether, about 500 prisoners were captured, with over 50 machine guns in this very brilliant little affair. At noon, the remaining battalions of the 6th Brigade, the 27th of Winnipeg, and the 31st, Southern Alberta, pushed through the 28th and 29th Battalion on the right and left respectively, establishing a line 1,200 yards beyond Iwi. While this was going on, the 29th British Division on the right had fought its way forward to the high ground east of the village. Our 4th Brigade, advancing between this division and Iwi, had a very trying time, for until the village was reduced, both the attacking battalions, the 20th and 21st, were exposed to heavy enfilade fire from Iwi. Their casualties were heavy, totaling 700, but nevertheless they pushed their line forward along sunken roads east of the village and finally made good the top of Iwi's spur. This fighting was the scene of a brilliant exploit by Lieutenant Lloyd Wallace Algie, 20th Battalion of Toronto who showed conspicuous bravery and self-sacrifice when his troops came under heavy enfilade fire from Uwe. Rushing forward with nine volunteers, he shot the crew of an enemy machine gun, turning it on the enemy and thus enabling his party to reach the outskirts of the village. He then rushed another machine gun, killing the crew, and captured an officer and ten men, and thereby cleared the end of the village. Lieutenant Algie, having thus established his party, went back for reinforcements, but was killed when leading them forward. In the course of the day, the enemy made a strong counterattack against the front of both the 49th Division and our 4th Brigade, supported by a number of tanks. The line fell back some distance, but was later re-established. Against the 4th Brigade, the enemy sent five tanks, four being captured British tanks. These were beaten off by our artillery and machine-gun fire, but the fifth, an uncouth German monster, was disabled, and remained stranded on the ridge, an object of curiosity to our men, its crude pattern exciting a good deal of chafing. All these tanks fired case shot. Lieutenant Crombie, when the advance of the enemy tanks had momentarily thrown our line into confusion, used an anti-tank rifle with good effect, until he was mortally wounded. When the 4th Brigade fell back before this attack, the 27th Brigade was left, for the time, in front of Uwe, with its right flank in the air. But Lieutenant Colonel H. J. Riley, who had established his headquarters in Uwe itself, speedily built up a protective flank with his reserve companies. During the afternoon and night, Uwe and our entire line was heavily and steadily shelled by the enemy so that it was exceedingly difficult to relieve or support units in advance of the village. But, though suffering heavy loss, the 27th held the ground they had won until relieved in due course. Our troops of both the 4th and 6th Brigades were worn out by long marching and hard fighting, and had lost heavily, 
especially in officers and experienced NCOs. The news that the 2nd Canadian Division was to be relieved on the following day by the 51st British Division was therefore welcome. On the morning of October 12, on our left, the 5th Brigade sent the 24th Battalion, Victoria Rifles of Montreal, through the 6th Brigade, and this battalion, in conjunction with troops of the 51st Division, attacked in a northerly direction, capturing Hordain, and pushed on to the outskirts of Bouchain, where the flooded areas of inundations and marshes put a stop to our farther advance in this direction. Patrols of the 26th Battalion, New Brunswick, and 25th Battalion, Nova Scotia, actually pushed across the inundated area west of Bouchain. But nothing more could be done in this direction until further progress had been made south of Douai in the operation that had now opened along the Scarp River. That night, the 2nd Canadian Division was relieved and transferred to the new Corps area. This change of front is described by Sir Arthur Curry as follows. The attack was continued at 6 a.m. October 10 by the 2nd Canadian and 11th British Divisions and good progress was made. The 2nd Canadian Division captured Naves, and by nightfall reached a point one and one-half miles northeast of the Cambrai-Salzoir Road. From there our line ran westward to the Scheldt Canal, exclusive of Uwe, where we were held up by machine-gun fire. In this attack, Brutonel's brigade operated along the Cambrai-Salzoir Road, but finding the bridge over the Erkeren River destroyed, could not get their cars further forward. This bridge, although on the outpost line under heavy fire, was immediately replaced by the engineers, a covering party being supplied by Brutonel's brigade. Machine-gun crews from the cars went forward on foot, however, and materially assisted the infantry advance at this point, and the Corps cavalry, by a brilliant charge, helped in the capture of the ground east of the Ryu Iwi Road. On the left, the 11th Division cleared the enemy from the area between the Scheldt Canal and the Sensi Canal, captured Pelincourt and Estrin, and reached the outskirts of Hem Langlet, which they occupied during the night. The 49th and 51st Divisions were released from Army Reserve and transferred to the Canadian Corps on October 10. During the night of October 10-11, the former relieved that part of the 2nd Canadian Division east of Uwe, and the 51st Highland Division moved to the Esquiduvre area. At 8 a.m. October 11, the Canadian Corps resumed the attack with the 49th Division on the right and the 2nd Canadian Division on the left. The enemy laid down a heavy artillery barrage, and both divisions encountered stiff opposition. After fierce fighting, however, our attack made good progress the 49th Division gaining the high ground east of Uwe, and the 2nd Canadian Division capturing Uwe and the high ground to the north. About 10.30 a.m., the enemy delivered a heavy counterattack under an artillery barrage and supported by seven tanks under the direction of Avedens-Lesec against the 49th and 2nd Canadian Divisions. Our line was forced back slightly at first, but six of the tanks were knocked out by our artillery the assaulting infantry dispersed by our machine-gun and rifle fire, and the attack repulsed. Meanwhile, on October 7-8, the 1st Canadian Division had relieved the 4th British Division, 22nd Corps, 
on the frontage between Palau and the Scarp River and passed under the command of the GOC 22nd Corps. At 5 p.m., October 11, I handed over command to the Corps front, less the 11th Divisional Sector, to the GOC 22nd Corps, and the 2nd Canadian and 49th and 51st Divisions were transferred to the 22nd Corps. At the same hour, I assumed command of the former 22nd Corps front, and the 56th and the 1st Canadian Divisions were transferred in the line to the Canadian Corps. During the night of October 11-12, the 2nd Canadian Division was relieved in the east line of the Uwe Denain Railway by the 51st Highland Division, and on completion of the relief, I assumed command of the remainder of the 2nd Canadian Divisional Front, extending from the Uwe Denain Railway exclusive to the Scheldt Canal. The Battle of Arras, Cambrai, so fruitful in results, was now closed. Since August 26th, the Canadian Corps had advanced 23 miles, fighting for every foot of ground and overcoming the most bitter resistance. In that period, the Canadian Corps engaged and defeated decisively 31 German divisions, reinforced by numerous marksmen machine-gun companies. These divisions were met in strongly fortified positions and under conditions most favorable to the defense. In this battle, 18,585 prisoners were captured by us, together with 371 guns, 1,923 machine guns, and many trench mortars. Over 116 square miles of French soil containing 54 towns and villages, and including the city of Cambrai, were liberated. The severity of the fighting and the heroism of our troops may be gathered from the casualties suffered between August 22 and October 11, and which are as follows. Killed, officers, 296, other ranks, 4,071. Missing, officers, 18, other ranks, 1,912. Wounded, officers, 1,230, other ranks, 23,279. Total officers, 1,544, other ranks, 29,262. Considering the great number of German divisions engaged and the tremendous artillery and machine-gun firepower at their disposal, the comparative lightness of our casualties testified to the excellence of the precautions taken by divisional, brigade, and regimental officers to minimize the loss of life, having ever in mind the performance of their duty and the accomplishment of their heavy task. Such was the Battle of Cambrai. There remains only to quote the telegram sent to the Corps Commander on October 1 by General Sir Henry E. Holm, commanding the First Army. I wish to express to you and the troops under your command my high appreciation of the determined fighting of the Canadian troops during the last five days. During this time, Canadian troops, assisted by the 11th Division and portions of the 56th Division, successfully carried through the difficult maneuver of forcing the crossing of the Canal du Nord in face of a determined enemy, and having captured Bourlone Wood and the high ground north and northwest of Cambrai. The importance which the enemy attached to these positions is shown by the number of divisions which he has employed and by the violence of his counter-attacks during the last two days. 
Troops of no less than twelve hostile divisions have been engaged during this period in the attempt to stem the successful advance of the Corps. End of Part 3 Chapter 13 Recording by David Lawrence in Brampton, Ontario, June 2010 End of Canada's Hundred Days Part 3 by John Livesay